Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here and a part three with Molly Dahl, wonderful author and educator and philosopher. Uh, she's uh, absolutely amazing. Her latest, and we've been focusing heavily on on her latest book, which is her fourth book, The Art of Emotional Resilience, An Everyday Guide to Resistant Reaction, Cultivating Compassion, and Gracefully Managing Yourself. And again, it's a mouthful, but it says an awful lot. Molly Dahl, welcome back. Thank you, Frank. Glad to be here. Well, first first and foremost, and we've, we've spoken to you twice here, and I've never asked you this question. How do you develop emotional resilience? Yeah, that's the that's the kicker, isn't it? Um, you know, there's a couple things that are really key, and I don't think we have to add extra stuff to our life. You know, it's not like we have to set up this big routine. But what we can do is find ourselves more and more often in current time. And so I love this idea of being in current time with yourself, and it has such a personal flavor for everybody because we all have such an individual and unique relationship with our own self and so if we if we find ourselves thinking and worrying and anxious about the future then our emotions have i don't know it leaves us kind of wide open for our emotions to sneak in there and grab hold of us and create more anxiety create more worry you know sometimes we get stuck in the past and our emotions just grip us. Oh my gosh, why did I say that? Or I feel so victimized or whatever it might be. In current time, we're always okay. And we're present in ourselves, And we can take perspective. And so I really encourage um, whenever I teach it, and this is a big part of the book, is to come into current time with yourself. Offer yourself a friendly hello. Check in. And then from there, you can make some decisions. Yeah. You know what? I'm so glad you're saying this, and I'm almost ashamed to admit it, but I am I am almost never in current time, and that's terrible, right? I mean, I'm always thinking about the future. I'm always planning, um, and, you know, and then, you know, I reflect on the past, but it's as you're saying this, and I've never, I've never actually... Uh, used or heard the term current time before i'm sure you know it's just it's wonderful how you put it but the truth of the matter and i'm sure a lot of folks listening will say the same exact thing i'm never on current time and shame on me for uh for for being there i mean and, and i you know i know there was a book years ago uh written i think it says uh stop improving and start living, you know, that type mm-hmm. of thing. And, and again, mm-hmm. not that we should ever stop improving, but the point is there. And I don't know the book at all. I just know that, you know, the, the title. But, you know, it's kind of like that. I mean, uh, how many of us are just paying attention to, to what could be in the future? And, and we never stop to, to utilize our, our current time. I mean, it's, listen, just wonderful. Anything more that you can add on, on current time and how, I personally, and me, Frank, could personally get into the habit of, and and that's the other question: Is it a habit that uh, that we form? How do I get into current time? 
Yeah, that, you know, Frank, when I first heard this term, it for me, it was very similar to what you just explained. Well, I've never heard that term before, but it, it means so much. And it's so, I don't know, if it's almost poignant in the fact that, oh, I don't spend very much time there. And it, that is where my life is. And so, yeah, we can, we can really make it a habit. One of the things that I like to do is I call them the built-ins. You know, there are moments in our day that already exist that it can be an easy place to just slip into current time. And my number one go-to is the red lights in traffic or the metro stop if you're on the train or whatever it might be. You know, when your world stops, when it forces you to stop at a red light, oh, we can just be there. We can breathe. We can let go of a long exhale. You know, the exhale is where our body moves into the parasympathetic rest response. And, you know, sometimes, and I've heard this a lot, I just wish life would slow down. I just need to stop for a minute. You know, the world is benevolent and we get all these great moments to stop. And so we can, when the light turns red or when the train stops and people are getting off, just stop, come into current time, look at your surroundings. You know, if you're in the car, roll down the window and take a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And then it's just a little micro reset. Amazing. Yeah, it's. It, it, I never thought of that either. Again, Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Molly Dahl is our very special guest. The latest from her, her fourth book, is The Art of Emotional Resilience, an everyday guide to resisting reaction, cultivating compassion, and gracefully managing yourself. Frank McKay here, much more importantly, Molly Dahl, educator and author, Molly Dahl. You know, it, it's interesting, and you 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 said uh, earlier poignant. The word poignant. It's poignant that the only time that uh, that we get those automatic stops, those built-ins that you're talking about, is is a red light when uh, you know set up by law we have to stop, right? And then a metro stop or or something along those lines, or or being on there. I, but the the truth of the matter is it takes something like that and and more uh you know i guess darker in a sense it is sometimes we we stop when we medically have to when we uh, mm -hmm. get uh, god forbid into a uh, in, into a situation where we where we need medical attention to the point where we're in the hospital and then everything stops and you yeah. know the first thing a lot of us do especially type a personalities uh, a lot of us do it we're looking for our stuff we're looking for our work we're looking for whatever and the nurse says hey hey hey, hey no none of that is here right now you got to worry about this and then all of a sudden you're forced to stop but isn't it something that either a government or or a medical facility uh, is the only time when we we force ourselves to stop yeah that's kind of crazy to think of it that way isn't it and wouldn't it be wonderful if i could make that choice for myself if when i wake up in the morning before my mind starts racing or before i hop up and into the shower I could just come into myself, come into current time, offer myself a friendly hello. It's a brand new day. What are the exciting possibilities that await me? And I am in my body and I can feel my fingers. I can move my arms. I can open my eyes and, and start my day with some choice. And, you know, there's another great phrase that I love that I learned just early this year. 
and I was studying with a teacher and he said, you know, so often we, the choice that we make is to grow through suffering. We know that life is hard and we always have the challenges, but have we ever stopped to think that we can learn to grow through joy? Wow. Um, yeah, that was another one that just kind of rocked my world in such a positive way. And so we can, you know, we don't have a choice unless we know that there's a choice, but there is always a choice to choose to grow through joy. And so I've made that my mantra since probably February. And I got to tell you, Frank, it has changed things a lot for the better, of course. And we, we do, that is an option for us. We know that everybody suffers and some of us get wrapped up and that can be our identity. But what if, just what if we release that hot coal of the suffering just a little bit and considered what are the possibilities that there might be a moment of joy in my life? And what if that moment of joy is me coming into current time, being fully embodied, my mind, my emotions, my spiritual aspect, my intellect in my physical body as one whole integrated being? Wouldn't that be fun? Wow. Yeah, wow. And I'm sure a lot of people are listening and saying, uh, do I have joy in my life? What what joy do I have like in my life? And, uh, you know, joy, uh, you know, like we, we don't relish it. We don't embrace it. You know, love, joy. I mean, these are these are big concepts. And so many of us don't stop to to feel joy or to look around and, and, and see where we can experience joy. But it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, l uh, learning through joy. Yeah. It, just, yeah. I mean, learning through suffering is, is something that, that we're taught at a young age, but we don't, right? we don't hear learning through joy. What a, uh, you know, paradigm shift. If you can, yeah. if you can really think about it and, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, learning through joy. Where is my joy? I, let me ask you this, and you you speak to young people who have uh, who have uh, great minds and growing minds, and and you know you spoke about that one class of yours that it was just the the best class that you've ever had, and they're all throwing out ideas and they're enthused and they're excited. It, those those folks and 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 other young folks like that do do they ever throw out to you? Uh, what is joy or, or where do I find joy? Uh, or do they just automatically know where it is? Or are they afraid to ask? You know, that's it. It's interesting. I had, I don't know if they've used the word joy, but happy for sure. Well, how do I be happy? You know, what makes a person happy? And that, that is a really valid question. And it's so different for all of us. And sometimes we honestly don't know because we've just been nose to the grindstone for so long, or as kids, we've been in a situation where, you know, we're actually part of the support system financially for the family, whatever it might be. And so we just discover what is it that makes me happy? And how do we discover that? We give ourselves opportunities for new experiences, new people, you know, listening to what others have to say, being available to, you know, go roller skating or go hiking or go fishing or, you know, learn a new computer program, things that are that we haven't tried yet and just have a really open mind to experiencing and exploring. And then, of course, you know, <clears throat> so much of our life is about relationships 
And in the positive psychology I studied, this phrase just kind of grabbed my heart. And the perspective from positive psychology is that one positive supportive relationship is the number one predictor and the number one indicator of overall well-being. Wow. So if we have just one positive relationship in our life, it's that indicator. Yep. I'm okay. It's the predictor. Yep. I'm going to be okay. And so to cultivate new relationships that are fun, we're missing out on having fun. I mean, the world has always had tragedy, you know, in every generation there's been something I'm reading this great book now and it's about the Vietnam war. And there was a part of society that just kind of tuned it out and kept going on. And there was this part of society that was devastated. And so there's always something But how can we choose to have moments of happiness, moments of connection, moments of joy? Because without those, we, you know, we know what it's like to not have those. We languish and there's no growth and there's no progress when we languish. And so just even small ones, right? Like look outside your window and if there's any aspect of nature, maybe it's just one tree because you are in the city or whatever it is. Look at that piece of nature and look at how resilient it is and how vibrant it is and and just find little things that make you feel joyful. Watch the people on the street and look and see, is anybody happy? Is there a bounce in their step? Listen to some good music. Tell a joke, you know, get the like the fifth grade joke books. They're so corny, but they're so good. <laughs> Do you know, so much pops into my mind when uh, when I'm talking to you, and let me remind folks of who they're listening. If you listening to, if you're just joining us, or if you're just turning on your radio or your computer a little late, Frank McKay here with Molly Dahl. She's the author of, of four wonderful books. The latest, again, everyone's got to get this book, uh, "The Art of Emotional Resilience: An Everyday Guide to Resisting Reaction, Cultivating Compassion." and gracefully managing yourself. Frank McKay here with Molly Dahl. Molly, there's a, you, you mentioned the word experience, and when you, when you said experience, I, I thought of, of, of a story I, I heard from uh, Joseph Campbell, the late great uh, you know, mythologist yeah. and, uh, and author and scholar. And you know, if, if, for those who don't know him, he, he studied the Bible, he studied the, uh, the Koran, he studied all these, you know, the ancient scrolls of Babylon, and, uh, and and everything that had to do with uh, with me- uh, mythology, religion, and so forth, and you know he he was famous, uh, you know, throughout the world for for studying this and the symbolism, and he had so many so many great bestsellers. But I remember him saying, and I just saw it on videotape. Uh, he he said he was speaking to a class at Harvard, and it was a, a master's class. It was a, a, a it was a, a graduate class. And it was a bunch of folks there, and he was a guest speaker, and and he he's speaking, and he said, you know, like uh, normally you would hear some rustling of paper and and people chattering and, and little little noises and things like that. He said a young woman stood up and said, Doctor Campbell, what is the meaning of life? And all of a sudden, everything stopped, and he was taken aback because he thought to himself, Wow, God automatically quiet here and i guess from my standpoint and this is just my my kind of conjecture into it I, you know if you're going to ask that question 
a guy like Joseph Campbell is a guy you would ask that question to, right? I mean, it's like this is one of the guys that you'd like to hear what he has to say. Molly Dolly yeah. is, is one that I'd like to hear from, too. But uh, but here's what Joseph Campbell said after he you know, kind of took it in for a second and kind of looked around and realized everybody's hanging on his every word. He said, you know, madam, what, what are you talking about? Life life has no meaning. L- life is an experience. Enjoy your experience. Uh, don't get caught up in, in trying to find meaning. Your, and I'm paraphrasing here, right? But your mm-hmm. meaning in life could be the love of animals. His meaning in life could be the love of children. I, it, why would everyone have the same meaning? Don't, my advice is don't go looking for gurus. Don't go looking for uh, the answer to what the meaning is in life is because it'll take away from your experience. Enjoy your experience. And I thought to myself, my God, that's the best explanation I've ever heard, you know, <laughs> on that uh, that answer. But I, I mean, think about that, Molly. Yeah, that is really good. You know, I, I feel myself with a big smile on my face and listening to that. And I really resonate with this idea of, you, you know, it's, it's our experience. And I feel like we're all here to experience it as much as we can, you know, the good, the bad, and the in-between. And if we, yeah, we can really get lost in the search, can't we? Well, what's my purpose? My head down, buckled down and working so hard trying to figure out my purpose. We can really miss a lot of the experience of just being and being open and being available and, you know, being somewhat childlike in the in the sense of having awe and wonder about life. I mean, it's a really amazing thing. We just had a bunch of big forest fires here, and we drove through where they burned. And it's really, it's tragic. You know, there's no life. The trees that were once so amazing and majestic, they're just these black sticks. And there's, I mean, the ground burns so much that parts of the ground are white. And when things burn that much, there's, you know, nothing's going to regenerate for 25 years. And so to be in a place that there is no life, and then when you drive through the forest and then the aspens come, you know, it's along the river and the aspens are there with their golden leaves. And that's what we're here for is to be vibrant, is to be alive, you know, to cherish what life is. And and while we've got it, man, we've got to really enjoy the experience. Yeah, just yeah. Amazing. Just I mean, you, you mentioned uh, nature before, and it kind of triggered something in me, and, and uh, I'll make it quick, but uh, I'm a traveler, and I, I've been to 50 countries, uh, uh, all 50 yeah. United States, and, and uh, six continents, and, and I constantly am yeah. I'm, I'm looking for wildlife. I don't shoot it. I just I take pictures of it. I enjoy it, that type of thing, you know? And I was in Colorado, and I went to a place, I think it was Ald- Alden. It was called Alden. And it was a there was a, a moose sanctuary there, and everyone was telling me, "Oh, you're gonna see moose all over the place." You know, they relocate them and put them here. So I'm expected, you know, everywhere you walk, you're gonna see moose. And and it, you know, you had to go up this big mountain and whatever. And and I get up there, and it's it, it's just this amazing sight. And the, uh, and there's a there's a lake that's frozen over. And I, you know, I'm not seeing anything. I'm not seeing what I'm looking for in the moose. And you know, I saw you know a guy trekking through the the mountain, and I said to him, "Have you seen moose around?" And he says, uh, "Yesterday." He said, "I saw a moose and her kid, meaning her calf, right? Her, her kid walking across the frozen lake." And he said it was amazing. He said, "I just watched it and checked it out." And I'm thinking, boy, I, you know, that's that would be great. I'd love to see this. And here, I, after he left. I'm I'm feeling the disappointment of not seeing any moose, and then it hits me, 
that I'm seeing the reflection on the lake, on the lake of the trees in the background. And it almost was surreal that it, it, like a mirror, a mirror image of, of the trees behind it. And I'm looking around and I said, wait a second, this is the most beautiful place that I've ever been. And here I am just, uh, you know, I'm focused on this goal, fo focused on this, you know, uh, you know, in, in, in essence, uh, you know, just a, a, a thing. I'm worried about this and I'm not enjoying the experience, like you said. And uh, at that moment, when I started soaking it all in, all of a sudden I hear crunching and it's uh, it's a female moose with her kid and I'm her calf and she's crunching crunching on a tree and they realize I'm there and they're keeping an eye on me and they're across the lake and I'm sitting in my car and, and I, I just, you know, shame on me for, you know, I said it earlier, shame on me for not enjoying the moment, not not living in current time. Again, Molly Dahl is the author of The Art of Emotional Resilience, An Everyday Guide to Resisting Reaction, Cultivating Compassion, Gratefully Managing Yourself. Frank McKay here, buy the book, please. Molly, uh, some thoughts on what I just said. And again, it comes back to your original thought about, uh, about you know, living in current time. Yeah, and you know, as you were sharing that experience, that's what that's what popped into my mind is that you had that somehow the presence of mind, right? Oh, here I am, and look at these leaves, and look at this reflection, and so oftentimes, so many times, it's our physical senses that draw us right into current time. You know, our physical senses are what we have to experience life. And when we get stuck in the mind of an expectation, we all know what it is. We're, our mind is ruminating on that expectation. Why am I not seeing the moose? Where are they? And our physical senses are diminished. But then when something catches our eye, we immediately go there. And that is current time. So as often as we can, you know, let your physical senses kind of be heightened you know especially if you're outside what do you hear you know what are the interesting sights or even the boring ones and let yourself be coaxed into current time through your physical sensations of the body and just like you mentioned then it's kind of this aha moment oh this this is good yeah yeah. Molly Dahl, can you give us a, a website or social media site where people could follow along with what you're doing? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll give you the Instagram site. That's that's where I'm most active, and it's Molly the Dahl, D-A-H-L. And uh, then my website for adults for this book, The Art of Emotional Resilience, is mollydahl.us, and for my work for adolescents is youthpositive.net. Molly Dahl, thank you. Congratulations on all your success. Can't wait to speak to you again, and thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, Frank. It's a pleasure as always. One more time, everyone. Molly Dahl is the author of four wonderful books, but her latest is The Art of Emotional Resilience, An Everyday Guide to Resisting Reaction, Cultivating Compassion, and Gracefully Managing Yourself. Frank McKay, Signing off, Molly Dahl. Please binge listen to our whole series with Molly. Uh, and can't wait to talk to her again. Frank McKay sign signing off. Molly Dahl has been our very special guest. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down.